0: Today, we are looking at the second saying from the cross. Um, Jesus said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So what do we see over here? We see two criminals hanging on either side of Jesus, one on the left, the other on the right. And Jesus is at the center. Now, uh, the crowds And the soldiers are jeering at Jesus, they're mocking Jesus, and um, they have placed a crown on his head. And even there's a notice on Jesus cross saying that Jesus, the king of the Jews. So what does the first criminal say? He just continues with mocking and insulting Jesus. And he says, aren't you the Messiah? So save us. And, uh, you know, "Aren't uh, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. So he, he says, if you are the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, then you save us and you save yourself. And he's so defiant. He says that, you know, uh, let me see. He's challenging Jesus to save himself and him, uh, everyone else. And he has no fear of God at all. And he's proud because he says that if Jesus is, you know, crucified alongside me, so uh, maybe I'm better than Jesus or, you know, equal to Jesus. So uh, he's got that pride in his mind and he's choosing to be in this. Uh, he's choosing this kingdom because he says, you know, save me so that to save me, I, I, I want to continue with whatever I want, uh, want to do. And I don't see need for a savior. And who are you uh, if you can't save me? And we see unbelief in Jesus. We see the unbelief in the criminal one's eyes. Now we'll go to the second criminal. So uh, let us look at what the second criminal is saying. He rebukes the first criminal. He says, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? So he says, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. This criminal had a revelation from God. He didn't go along with the crowd. The crowd was mocking Jesus. The crowd was jeering at him. But he had the wisdom from God. And he had a different revelation from the other criminal. He didn't go, he didn't uh, feel the same way as all the others over there felt. And he had the fear of God in him. So we read in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So because he had the fear of God, he had the knowledge that uh, Jesus is God. And he had that revelation. So he he confessed, he said, um, We are getting what our deeds deserve. He confessed his sins. He repented. You know, he says that we are punished justly he sees that we are he is punished justly and he chose to be in god's kingdom he didn't want to continue with what he was doing he says remember me jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom so he chose to be in god's kingdom he says remember me in paradise and we see that he believed in jesus he believed that jesus was the messiah Jesus was the anointed one. So what do we see here? Jesus did not respond to the insults of the first criminal. He says not a word to the first criminal, but he responds to the second criminal. How does he respond? He says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. He gives complete assurance of his presence to the second criminal. And he responds immediately. He does not take any time. He immediately says, today you will be with me in paradise. So he's not saying tomorrow you will be with me in paradise or the day after you will be with me in paradise. But right now, you will be with me in paradise. And so what do we see here? Here on the cross, we see God's grace to the criminal who asked to be with him. We see His graciousness. And what is grace? The word grace in Greek is charis. That is undeserved mercy or favor. And that's what the second criminal was asking for. Lord, I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your favor. I know I'm a criminal. I know I don't deserve this. But I want you, Lord. I need you. And he was aware of his wretchedness and his sinfulness. And being aware of that, even then he was bold enough to say, remember me in paradise. Yes, we see that he needed a savior. He needed forgiveness. He needed the Messiah, the anointed one. Now, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, everyone, every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this is the message of salvation and grace here on the cross. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrated his own love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we we are imperfect, we are sinful, even at that time when we were enemies with God, Christ died for us. Because he showed his own love for us on the cross. John 3.16. We know John 3.16 so well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. And this is exactly the eternal life, the paradise that Jesus is assuring him about. He says, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And this is for whoever, anyone. It's not reserved for Christians. It's not reserved for the Jews. It's not reserved for uh, the righteous. It's for anyone. And this is exactly what the second criminal chose. This reminds me of the song John Newton wrote in 1772. Now we know John Newton as an English poet and an Anakin pastor. Sometimes okay, your sister say like on my Facebook when I cook something or do something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she always says those sweeping... He encountered a violent storm and he cried out for God's mercy because there's no other way he could be saved but through God's mercy. And this was a song. This was a song that came to him. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And this was an encounter that he had with God, one-to-one encounter that he had with God. He says, t'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. And this is exactly the encounter that the second criminal had on the cross with Jesus. He understood his wretchedness. He understood his need for a savior. He understood that he wanted to be with uh, Christ. And he knew that uh, nothing else could satisfy him but the presence of Jesus. Now, let us look at Romans 14, 17. What does this say? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are not here just to, you know, live our lives, eat, drink, and enjoy our lives. No, we are here to experience the righteousness of God, to enjoy His peace, enjoy His joy every day of our life. Even while we're living on this earth, we need to enjoy His peace, His joy, His righteousness. We need to Uh, uh, feel his presence with us every day of our life. This is eternal life, not life after death, but life with God in his presence, each moment, each day, every day of our life. How can we apply this message to our hearts? So let us take time today to introspect our hearts. Let us understand that we have... Sins hidden deep down in our hearts, which we haven't confessed to God. We haven't confessed to ourselves that, uh, you know, the things that we're doing wrong. Today, we need to confess all those hidden sins, all the sins that we have just brushed aside. We need to bring them out in the open and ask for God's forgiveness. We need to receive his forgiveness, not only ask for his forgiveness, but we need to receive his forgiveness. Then we need to be thankful for his grace and mercy, because without his grace and mercy, we would not have forgiveness. There was no way that we could have uh, forgiveness. And once we receive his forgiveness, we understand that we are transforming day by day. It's not a one-time process, not a one-time incident, but as we understand our sinfulness, as we understand that, Uh, we have done something wrong, we ask for forgiveness, we confess, and we get transformed because we know that we don't want to remain the same way. We want to change. We want God to change us and we want to grow into Christ-likeness. So we need to make a commitment to glorify him through our lives. When we make that commitment, we are aware that we don't need to, uh, you know, even if we do wrong, we can ask for forgiveness and come back to him. There's, uh, this is not the end. There is, this is not the end. There's always a new beginning. That's what we see, a new beginning in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we come to you realizing that we are undeserving, sinful. But for your grace, Lord, we would have been condemned forever. Thank you, Lord, that we can approach your throne of grace and receive forgiveness and redemption in Christ. Jesus' death on the cross, we once again surrender ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.